Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode 127, and today we will be discussing the transition from high school or college into the real world. Maybe we could call it adulting 101 in some aspects, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to giving you some tips and tricks about how we have transitioned from uh, university to the working world. I feel very British saying university and not college. Sorry, that's uh, from working with a bunch of people who speak British English. What can I say? But anyways, looking forward to hearing what Jared's thoughts are because I think Jared and I bring slightly different things to the table as we do pretty much every episode. But today is a little different since I had a four-year uh, longer period in college and Jared went straight to the working world. So I'm looking forward to hearing his tips and to see what he has for us today. So without further ado, my good buddy, Jared, what's going on, Jared? That's right, kids. Learn from me how to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a terrible Slipping idea. on gator piss. Um, yeah. No, it's a, it's a real struggle. Maybe some of you have heard of the term quarter-life crisis. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how much I believe in it, but I get it. I get. I get it in a weird way. Um, but before we get into that, please spread a little love. Um, follow us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Untranslatable One, the number one. You can email us on Podcast at gmail dot com. We have a website, Untranslatable dot com, dot com. There you can see episodes or untranslatables. Uh, or there's a link to our YouTube channel on Translatable Podcast, podcast where you can see the vid- uh, us in video, and you can also see um, the songs of the pod on the Song of the Pod playlist, or... Spread a little love! Bajolsta! <laughs> Once I get this little soundboard worked out, you'll never have to hear me talk again. It'll just all be done through soundboard. <laughs> so everyone... Spread a little love! Bajolsta! And follow us, uh, or excuse me, with five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. We would very much appreciate that. Um, very, very much. Chad doesn't pay attention to these things, but I do. <laughs> and I want, I want to see more of them. That's right. Boost Jared's self-esteem, everybody. Yes. Uh-huh. So what's new, buddy? What's been going on? It is Saturday uh, morning in your neck of the woods, Saturday evening here in Jinan. Yes. How's life treating you? Life's treating me pretty well. I'm going to a concert. Uh, I'm going to a concert uh, tomorrow morning. Or tomorrow morning. You're throwing me off by you you being in night. We're going to do a concert this <laughs> evening. <laughs> Not tomorrow morning. <laughs> what concert? Uh, it's going to be... Uh, the headliner is uh, Tyler, the Creator. He recently came oh, out nice. with a new album that I, me and my girlfriend have really been into. And then the openers i'm not sure what the order is though i know is gold link he also recently came out with a new album he's a rapper and me and my girlfriend have been very much enjoying that as well so we're excited for him and then also jaden smith really interesting uh i know nothing about his music um but it'll be interesting to see i just hope he i hope jaden smith is the uh is like the original, like the first opener. That's my only hope. Just, but that's right. nothing to do with nothing personal against him. Just because I don't know his music. <laughs> that's and fair. I, and I, I don't, don't know you. both of the other people's music, so I want them to have more time because I can sing along. Um, but yeah, I don't know anything about Jaden Smith's music, but um, I'll let you know. That's for sure. Come back to episode sounds good. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Eight. Um, <laughs> you, you mean 128? What did I say? 188? 
Nah, I thought or am I hearing things? I think you oh, are. Oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm hearing things. <laughs> it's past my bedtime here, Jared. <laughs> what could I say? How's, uh, how's China been treating you? Any, have you any more sort of um, uh, epiphanies or, you know, actually something I want to ask before we get into how China's been. Anything okay. that you miss? A couple things, yeah. I was grocery shopping the other day and they have a giant baked goods section in my grocery store and uh, they had donuts. And so I freaked out. I was like, oh, sweet. I'm going to buy some donuts. So disappointing, buddy. The chocolate, yeah. the chocolate frosting was decent. But dude, it was like they took these donuts and they just didn't realize how long they needed to fry them because they were like tough. Like you could r- literally like rip them kind of like a piece <laughs> of meat. Like they were tough. Um, it was like donut jerky. <laughs> right. And, and I guess the other obvious thing that I missed too is just um, regular yeah. internet connectivity. Like there's a lot of times oh, where I'll be yeah. watching something and it'll just buffer or it won't work. Yeah. Um, so that's a big thing that I miss. And, and it always seems to happen where I'm like calling and talking to friends. I was talking to my good buddy Shane a little while ago and literally mid-sentence it was just just like he was like. Yeah. And yeah. it just froze. You, you and I have definitely have, have had some of those experiences for sure. Exactly. Um, but, you know, it comes with the territory. But in terms of epiphanies, so... I was uh, on Friday mornings, if I'm still in town and not giving a conference or a talk somewhere, I sit in on this really cool class called uh, Introduction to Chinese Culture. And uh, it's taught by a colleague of mine, and she's awesome. Her name is Ellen. Her English name is Ellen. And is it she's, taught to she's great. Chinese people? Chinese students, yes, but it's in English. It's a part of the whole point of the course is for them to be able to compare English, well, Western cultures and Chinese cultures doing it in English because that is a part of being an English teacher. Um, you have to be able to discuss culture and compare culture. So and stuff they don't like teach that. you how to compare it. It's more of like a discussion-based class where you like talk about. It's it's more of a lecture-based class. Oh. Lecture-based class. And I feel like uh, if you're talking about culture, you need to. It'd be good to get input from the kids that are the well, the age well, of the. Well, the <laughs> I would agree 100%, but the problem is there have to be at least over 70 students in this class. It's in a uh, huge lecture hall. So okay. they do do group discussions. The beauty of English, they do do. They do. <sighs> I'm so glad uh, you called that out because I right. so wanted to. I know, right? <laughs> um, oh, man. English is such a messed up language in so many ways. But but anyways. Um, is there a, must they, be a better way to do that, right? They do discuss together. Yeah. In groups, in small groups. But what I've noticed, though, too, after my first week of teaching being in the books is that you really got to pull stuff out of them. They'll have a lively discussion together, but it's very difficult to get them to speak in front of the whole class. And some of that, I think, for me is because I'm a new teacher and they don't know me yet. Mm. And they're probably like, who the heck is this bearded Western guy telling me to, you know, speak my mind in front of class? Um, but it's in, it's interesting. And so we discussed... Uh, the history of chopsticks, and I don't know if you know this, Jared, but chopsticks in Japan, Korea, and China are all different for different reasons. Okay. So Japanese chopsticks are wider at the base, and then they become thinner, and they have a pointed tip. And this is because it's easier to pick up smaller things, right? And okay. it's also easier to pick up things like sushi and stuff like that. Korean chopsticks tend to be a bit more rounded, and they're usually made out of metal. Because a lot of Korean dishes have a lot of different sauces and stuff. And if you use mm. wood chopsticks, they'll always have kind of an ugly looking tip on them because they'd be colored oh, from right. the sauces of stuff, right? Interesting. And Chinese chopsticks are usually a bit longer and tend to be a bit more squared. And they're longer because the Chinese tend to 
um, they'll order a bunch of different dishes and share amongst each other. So you need the longer chopsticks so you can reach the food and bring it onto your plate. Oh, yeah, a little fun fact for you. Yeah, see, I'm learning. (laughs) So, so yeah, and I am getting much better at using chopsticks. I had a meal with Ellen at the canteen after class, and we had a lovely discussion. And uh, usually what would happen my first couple days here is I I could use them for maybe 10 to 15 minutes, and my hand would, I mean, you can feel your hand getting tired, Mm -hmm. and I just use the spoon, right? I use the chopsticks for about 70% of my meal towards the very end. I was like, I was like, "Eh, hands getting tired. I can't pick up my, (laughs) I had like small pieces of pork and like green beans and I just couldn't, couldn't do it. So, but another interesting fact though to Jared about uh, chopsticks is there, there have been some studies done by a couple different universities that show, well, first of all, I think you use over 50 different, different muscles in your hand to coordinate chopsticks. So you really do have to build dexterity within your hands to right. use them. Right, so you really are working on mus- muscles that you've probably never used before in your right. hands. And and I, it was funny, one of, one of my uh, students asked me, uh, because the first day I told them I'm a guitar player and stuff like that, and they said, oh, did that help you with chopsticks? It's like, no, it's not even close to the same movements whatsoever. Mm. You know, on this hand, you're doing this. On this hand, you're doing this. And you don't do either of, you know, these kind of inward movements really with chopsticks. It's more of right. your one to your, your lower chopstick for stability and then your other one for uh, actually picking up the food. But the other funny thing is, Jared, historically, you and I would not have survived very long in China in terms of eating or reading or writing because we are both lefties. And, oh, uh, yeah. Lefties. They, they don't let that yeah. happen. Right. Well, now now it's becoming better. Um, I haven't seen a lefty student yet, but the funniest thing was when I was writing on the board on Thursday evening for my last <laughs> class. I was writing. Uh, I was writing something about this, and that's literally what they did. El diablo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, at first, at first they shuddered, and then they started saying a bunch of stuff, and I literally turned around from the board, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm a lefty. I get it. It's not normal." Um, but hey, 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 hey don't say that about yourself, right. Chad. Don't say that about yourself. You're normal. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, and I, I, I probably, it's probably because even just like their parents got it firmly, I, I don't, I don't want to say beat, I don't mean beat literally, but firmly got it beat out of them. And right. so you, even though it's probably more acceptable now and they won't beat it out of you, it probably still is like a thing for older people to see. And oh, uh, that's not just a Chinese thing. I mean, that happened all around the world. The happened people, in the you know. States, too. Oh, oh, yeah. You said that happened to your dad. My dad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah. I realized that my grandmother, my grandmother, my father, and I were all lefties. Mm. So that, do you have any other lefties in your family? Are your parents lefties? Both my parents are right-handed. Okay. Um, but my sister's left-handed. And um, so both of you are lefties. That's crazy. And my grandpa's left-handed on my dad's side too. I think. Okay, maybe that's yeah. where you get it from. Cool. There's a couple of us. Yeah, but somehow both me and my sister are. Right. Who Who knows, man? Who knows? <laughs> but um, so yeah. But that that was like the the cool thing was learning about chopsticks, and then um, let's see, any other epiphanies? Um, not not really yet. Um. Now, I've been kind of sheltered in a way because I always go to kind of places within walking distance to my apartment. Same thing with the grocery store, restaurants. Um, I did have KFC the other day. It was really good. I was wanting some Western food, so I got some KFC. It was pretty good. Although they don't – this is what drives me crazy here is their wings are considered like a side snack. So you can't get like – like if you want to get 
a bunch of them, you have to, it's kind of expensive. Like in terms of uh-huh. the U.S., it's not that expensive, but they don't have like a, like even in the Czech Republic, I would occasionally get KFC and they would have, like you could get like a bucket. You could get a bucket of like 10 of them or 15 of them or whatever. They don't do that here. Their buckets hmm. are of like different stuff. And so I got a bucket and the bucket was all this random stuff. And I think I told you the last episode, Jared, I'm trying to be less picky and try new things while I've been here. You know, I think our last episode I may have mentioned I had pig intestines at a Chinese yes. restaurant. Yes. So that was that was interesting. Now here I decided, you know what, I'm gonna see what this little box I here love has to you know, what it is, right? So it looked like they were chicken nuggets, looked like popcorn chicken. And then it had two wings that didn't have like the, the crispy skin on them, just like kind of regular skin. Okay. You, you know what I'm talking about? And then yeah. not two a crispy wing, wings. you mean. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And so and the, then what the, was the last the, two what was the last two things you said? The two what? The, two two fried wings. A oh, drumstick okay, okay, and, okay, and okay. a wing. And so obviously I the thing I like about KFC here in China is the fried wings are they got a little bit of a kick to them. They did in the Czech Republic as well. I couldn't tell you the last time I've had KFC in the States, but I don't think yeah. it the, I don't think it has any kick to it. No but one, the funny thing KFC is, in the in the States is kind of a joke. It really is, but it's like huge people here. say like people say like it is I know it's huge in a few Asian countries. Japan but, as well. Mm-hmm. But people say like uh, here, why would you ever go to KFC because we have, you know, Popeyes or um or uh, Chick fil A people say is a lot better than KFC as well. So uh, yeah, you just never hear people talk about kfc in the u.s but i do know it's big in a lot of different countries oh for sure um so so anyway so i thought it was going to be popcorn chicken because uh-huh. it was like a little i don't know if, if it was like giblets or like innards or what it was but it was like squishy it was like her fried okay. thing it was squishing it just smelled funky so i didn't eat that part of my my little <laughs> bucket I smelled okay. it. I like took a little bite and I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know if it's like squid. <laughs> I have no idea. So I didn't have that. But the, okay. the, the, the fried wings were fine. The, the non-fried wings were great. And then the nuggets, dude, they also had this really weird smell. And I bit into one and they had, they had a filling. And the filling looked like the same like consistency almost in color of cheese. But now after looking back at the menu, I can tell you it's not cheese. It's this really smelly fruit here called durian. Have you heard of durian? I think I have, but I need to look it's it like up. It's like a spiky fruit, and it smells terrible. It smells like rotten meat. It smells horrible. Oh, and I've definitely world, seen it before. Yeah, and why in the world you would fill Ugh, a chicken nugget with this? It looks terrible. Yep, yep. And they have it all over it looks supermarkets like a giant and stuff here. slug. Oh, it's nasty. On the inside of it. Right. Just Google, see if you can Google KFC China durian chicken nugget maybe that'll pop up so that's what was inside there so so i had two sections of this bucket that just were uneaten and then another section was fries um so so yeah how are their fries their fries are actually pretty good they're they're cut i think a bit thinner did you find it doesn't that look like cheese almost it's like doesn't it i thought it was cheese so that's why at first i was like oh sweet because it's it's hard to find cheese around here oh I, this one picture of it, let me know if you can see this. It looks like one of those pimple popper videos. Yep. Yeah. Yes, it does. Oh. There you go. <laughs> yep. And literally, dude, I smelled it and I was like, oh, I'm already losing my appetite. And I was like, all right, you, you're here. You got to try it. I bit into it and I was just like, nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Only 11 not, and not a half RMB for four of them. Ugh, what a deal. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. So why do people eat these? 
<laughs> I don't know. Okay. I really don't know. And and that's the funny thing though, Jared, is just like things that's you have to be careful in China because well, as I said, I thought one of them would be popcorn chicken. No idea what the heck it was. <laughs> then those, you know, so, so you have to be careful sometimes too, just with pictures. And the funny thing is oh, I was, I when this. I was at the grocery store, I was going to buy bread here is actually fairly cheap. So I was going to get a thing of bread and I was going to get uh, cheese slices and make like some very easy grilled cheese, right? I'm not a great cook. So that's something I can believe it or not do unless I burn the shit out of it. So, <laughs> right. so, so I was going to get bread and cheese, right? Well, for 10 slices of cheddar cheese, it was 25 RMB, which comes out to what almost, what was it? I don't remember how much it was per slice. But it's un it's unreal. Like it's you're paying mm. I think almost four or five dollars for ten slices of cheese. Yeah, here you can get like a big block of it for like three. Right. Exactly. So no but grilled cheese for me. It's more of like a delicacy or not delicacy, but it's it more is. of like a rarity essentially. Exactly. Exactly. They don't do a lot so. of <clears throat> excuse me. They don't do a lot of like dairy. Do, do they? They no. They don't. They don't. But. They have a ton of like milk tea places, bubble tea places, mm. and I went to a, do like cheese went, though. No, but not not really. Uh, I th I think in Korea though they actually do like tea with cheese in it. Believe it or not, it's some huh. special type of cheese. But I did go to this place. I have the empty thing right here, and I had a really good matcha tea, uh, like frappuccino drink. But the cool thing is, so this place right here, it says dessert, beverage, and ice cream on it. It's kind of hard to see. But, dude, they had some crazy-looking ice cream. They had one that was like a cotton candy color blue and a cotton candy color pink. I don't know what the flavors were. I'm going to go back and try some of these ice cream cones because it okay. looked amazing. The cones were black, so they're like a black waffle cone, and then they had these bright colors. I know the green one was a matcha tea-flavored ice cream. I love matcha. So I'm going to try that one for sure. But they you, have... You loved matcha even before you were in China? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I've been a matcha fan for a couple of years. What are the benefits of matcha? Do you know? No idea. I you just, just like, like how it tastes. Because yeah. I, I just assume, and maybe the, I'm just assuming, but it seems like it, it's good for you for some reason. It, it, I would say, though, it definitely has an acquired... There's like an acquired taste to matcha. The first time I had it, I was kind of like, what the heck is this? Mm. Um, didn't really know what to make of it, but then I had, you know, another matcha actually from Starbucks, I think was like a matcha once again, like a matcha frappuccino or something. Um, but yeah, last thing I want to mention though, and then we can get in, uh, to the shout outs today was the first day though, Jared, it finally happened. Do you know what, what I'm talking about? Uh, it was finally bathroom go. disaster. No bathroom disaster. Uh, I'm gonna okay. knock on some wood for that one. No, <laughs> no. I was walking. I'm. I'm. Was in this busier part of town right before I got my matcha tea, and uh, these three girls looked at me, and they looked at me kind of funny, and and then I was walking, and I see them trying to catch up to me, and so I kind of turn, I, I smile at them. This though, just, this is just normal. For <laughs> <laughs> if only. Um, <laughs> But anyways, so what, what happened though is they stopped me and they said a bunch of stuff to me in Chinese and I kind of looked at them and then they held up their phone and they said, picture, picture. Oh. And so I said, sure. So, oh, so I, I took, no, I'm not sure. I'm not a goddamn zoo display. I'm not a circus. Yeah. I'm not a, <laughs> not a, a circus attraction. 
But uh, so I took three individual pictures with these girls. Um, they wanted <laughs> they to get a wanted picture their with own. Me. They did. I tried to take a group selfie with them, and then the one the one that approached me like shoo the other two away. She was like, no, That's no. Like hilarious. she said all this stuff in Chinese. The funny thing is though, Jared, this is I guess one observation I have made. Were they like? Are, they were like our age. I think so. Maybe a bit younger. I'm terrible okay. at telling age here. But yeah. when I walk around with my shades on, I don't get as much stares. Mm. But the moment I take the shades off, and I'm telling you, it's got to be the blue eyes, I get all sorts of stares. Huh. And it's really weird because I, it's weird. When I wear my shades, people will look at me and they'll be like, oh, that's a foreigner. Yeah. But that's it. When I have the shades off, they're like, they'll look at me at first. And then, and then they'll then like I look closely at you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, like, so that it, was kind of funny. Hmm. Um, so do you, should, will you purposely wear your sunglasses in times when you really don't sometimes, need yeah. to or like wouldn't put them on otherwise? I, I wear them when kind I feel like Jay-Z or com- something, just wearing your sunglasses around <laughs> right. all at right. night or something. I don't know well, if Jay-Z I, does. That's a bad example. I, but I, you tend know to, I, mean. I tend to wear them around my apartment <laughs> complex just because there's a lot of older <laughs> Chinese dudes that chill around and they intimidate the shit out of me. Like oh, they'll just they... stare at you and they'll just give you the stare and, and just like the look of, I don't know if it's like discontent or malcontent or what it is, but they'll just stare. And eventually I think what I'm going to start to do is wave at them and say, ni hao, you know, because it's like, oh, why not? I think not? you told me about these guys. Right. I have. Yeah. yeah. So, but it finally happened. I was told by a ton of people, oh, you'll get stopped for pictures. I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's because I'm a guy. Maybe it's because I don't know, but I hadn't gotten stopped. There was no um, part of you that wanted did. to say, um, like, no. Like, what if this if this be, keeps coming a thing? When are you going to start saying no? Or think, what you should do uh-huh. is somehow subtly mention the Untranslatable Podcast or something. Oh, that's a great idea. Or like pass that out like um, you you really should get like stickers or a business we, card and just yeah pass we them need out. to yeah we've yeah. been we've been dropping the ball. I will do it, but I can I send them to you? Is that possible? Probably. I don't see why oh, okay. it wouldn't be possible. I don't know what the rules are for sending things to China. I don't I don't know either, but we'll we'll have to look into it and see. I have to find that out anyways. Um because my parents want to send me like some cards and stuff. Um that's a good idea. Honestly, dude, I would I would tout an untranslatable podcast shirt all over China. <laughs> I would wear that shit everywhere. Even though it's a kind of almost, even though it's an animated version of us. Uh, it's clearly you on your I w- shirt. <laughs> I wonder if people would pick that up. Because some They'd people aren't that observant. Eyes. Right. Right. We'll have to do a special one with the sunglasses on. The China edition. And oh, every time you take a picture with them, just just do this with the shirt. Like, <laughs> right here on Podcast. I also, the other day, I uh, isolated our faces. So it's literally just our animated heads. So if you wanted, you could even just get your own head on a shirt. Oh, that would be... <laughs> that's another level of narcissism right there, but I love it. Oh, that's too funny. Just cut me that out. That is too funny. <laughs> and could going to move your head to the middle. <laughs> or no, dude, what we need are two t-shirts. One that says untrans, and then the other one says latable. Oh, we like uh, stand next to each other. Yeah. Oh, and then or just it, our it, own faces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the bottom, one good. of them would say pod, the other one would say cast. <laughs> oh, that, oh my god, I that love would be that. hilarious. That would be hilarious. But yeah, so it was funny though when when that happened. I'm not gonna lie, I definitely walked into the the tea place with a little bit extra pep in my step, a little you, more mojo after those girls wanted to take pictures with me. 
I get that because they were young and uh, probably attractive ladies, but um, they were cute, absolutely. Uh, but it's probably gonna get old if if it becomes like a thing pretty quickly. Right. I would feel. Like. I mean, I'll At be least real for with me, you. It would. Right, I'll be real with you. The staring definitely has gotten old already, and I've only been yeah. here, you know, I a bit over a that. week. I don't mind the little kids. Like I said, the little kids, they're, they're kind of mm-hmm. cute about it. And if you say ni hao, they just flip out. It's hilarious. Um, I had a, a little kid in a, in a restaurant in Ludington stare at me and my girlfriend. And I'm like, you've never seen a black person before? Where do you live? Right. Get out, Probably boy, you Ludington. little kid. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and I, I don't know if I misheard or just wasn't really, I wasn't fully paying attention but um, I feel like I heard the mom say, they're just black people. Stop staring or something. Right. Like that. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, I might have misheard funny. her because I wasn't fully paying attention. I just heard, I just sort of like, wait, what did you just say? But I might have misheard <laughs> right. her. <laughs> right. Oh, that's funny. Um, no, but I, I totally understand that. Um, it does sort of get old and you do sort of want to be like, you know, what what's the big deal? What are you looking at? But obviously right. you can't do that. Right. Yeah. And and it has been, it. it has been a little weird too. Like when you look around and like I'm the only Westerner, yeah. even when I'm on campus once in a while, I think I've run into one or two other Westerners. Um, I ran into, um, I'm well, I don't know if they were African American or or if they were from Africa, but I ran into a couple of black people walking home one night, and we all kind of gave each other like a head nod, you know. <laughs> once once again, this was a different group. This wasn't the other guy I met I in saying, my I apartment. Like you yeah, this told was me a this. different group. No, it was a different <laughs> um, one. So that's hilarious. If you go to uh, if you go to the uh, you know we always talk. Not, I don't know you and I, but there's always that sort of thing about the black person head nod here in the U.S. Like black people kind of like give each other a head nod. And right. white people never do that. But if you go to uh, a place where you guys are both the outliers, then uh, you, you know how it feels to get that, right. <laughs> right to share that little bit of just like, I'm here, we're here, right? I see you, we're doing it, yeah. we see each we're other, doing it. right? <laughs> it is weird though, man, to be like, a, you know, be. I'm trying to think of a good analogy here to be like a. I don't know, be like a, a goldfish in a in a pond filled with bluegill or something. <laughs> you know, it's a terrible analogy. Wow! But we do untranslatables every episode, and that's the best you can come up with, right there. Slipping on gator piss, <laughs> right? Or be or here? How about being a duck in a in a chicken coop? Okay, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a little better. Yeah. That's a little better. But yeah, but anyways, Jerry, I think it's time we uh, spread a little love. I'm with you. I'm with you. So um, I have. Do you have any today? No, 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 no. I shouldn't have even said anything. I was gonna say, um, I don't have anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I want to give our first shout out to Hampton University. Have you heard about this at all, Jared? I've heard of Hampton. Shout out to the HBCU in Virginia. Is it? I th- Hampton. I think so. I think it is. I think it's Hampton, Virginia. Is the so city. What ha- well, what Hampton is doing, Jared, which is amazing, is they are stepping up and helping any Bahamian students who have been negatively affected by Hurricane Dorian. So Hampton University announced on Thursday they would be partnering with the University of Bahamas to allow students who have been displaced by the storm to spend the fall semester on its campus in, there you go, Jared, in Hampton, Virginia, tuition free. And the other cool that thing is, is too, it is amazing, right? The other cool thing about it is that if the students want to stay, they can't stay tuition free, but they can stay, um, they'll have to pay tuition, but they could stay and continue their education there um, instead of going back to the Bahamas. Um, oh, but I think wow. it's great. 
Yeah. That's so huge. I, mm-hmm. So I think that's really great. And the interesting thing is there are actually quite a few connections between the University of the Bahamas and Hampton. So Rodney Smith, who's the people. president of the University of Bahamas, is actually the former administrative vice president and chief planning officer at Hampton. Oh, um, okay. So yeah, So, but I think it's great. Um, and also just... That's quite well, a job re- upgrade, but in right. both p- position and location. Oh, for sure. Um, and and the, the other shout out, although this is kind of coming off as a side note, it does not deserve to be a side note. Um, I do want to give a shout out to everyone in the Bahamas who have been negatively affected by the hurricane, who have been displaced, whose yeah. homes have been destroyed, and who have lost family members. Jared, I don't know if you know this, but there has been a death toll of about 20 people so far. Oh, I didn't, realize it, was, I didn't yeah. realize it was that high. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So um, we send all our love, and we really hope that everyone in the Bahamas can get all the help they need uh, quickly. Spread a little love. And everything will be better, hopefully, in the near future. My next shout-out, Jared, goes out to seven, I repeat, seven Amazonian countries who have now come together and signed a pact to protect the world's largest tropical rainforest amid the recent fires that torched thousands of square miles of the jungle. So um, in, uh, I believe it's pronounced Leticia, Colombia, there were seven Amazonian (laughs) countries uh, that signed a pact to protect the world's largest tropical forest via disaster response coordination and satellite monitoring amid recent fires. So the presidents of Colombia, Bolivia, Ecuador, Peru, the vice president of... I believe it's Suriname, and the National Resource Minister of Guyana attended the one-day summit in the jungle city of Leticia in southern Colombia. And also the Brazilian President Bolsonaro participated via video conference while his foreign minister, Ernesto Araujo, attended in person. Hmm. So I think this is great, and I really Mm -hmm. hope that this will protect the rainforest in the near future from any devastating fires or any other problems. Yeah, and I'm also a big fan of these like multinational sort of uh, pacts. Pact. Oh, absolutely. To uh, to protect uh, you know various environmental situations because I think uh, you know it's great when singular company cu- excuse me countries want to do initiatives like that, but it's also nice to have other parties and to hold you accountable and, and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. I agree, hundred percent. Well, Jared, do you happen to know what time it is? I know it's early over there, but maybe yeah. you got the right time. But I think with the uh, time difference, it works out. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too, Jared. <laughs> All right. Well, sure how about I get us? How, how about I get us started, Jared? I have with some untranslatables, two... by the way. That was the untranslatable owl. Oh, that was the untranslatable owl. And for those of you who don't know, but you should know by now, untranslatables are idioms, axioms, phrases words that don't smoothly and easily usually translate in English in a literal sense, but do not fret, do not worry. We are here to decipher them for your listening pleasure. You so, betcha. I'll get you started, Jared, with a Chinese uh, cheng yu, which is a four-character untranslatable phrase in Chinese. And this one is, <clears throat> let me see here. I have to make sure I get the tones right because then it could be a different word. So here we go. Yi qiao. Butong, which means the seven orifices are not linked up. Or the seven orifice, orifices, sorry, I can't talk today, not linked up. 
It's like he's essentially mean like you feel sick, like you're feeling off. Your body's not in sync. No. I wouldn't say it's related to your body specifically, but you're you're getting warmer. Huh. Okay. Wait. Could you give me the literal again? Yeah. Uh, The seven orifices are not not linked up. up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not linked up. It's like you and I aren't seeing eye to eye. I would Our say this is aren't more. Linked. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I would say this is more related to just one person. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know, man. I'm struggling here. These are great untranslatables, aren't they? Well, we have we have two of them, Jared, in English that you could use for this. One of them has to do with Greece or Greek. It's all Greek to me. There's one. The other one, Greece. which I think is a bit more British English, um, but I've heard my mom say this before. You greasy to not, bastard. Uh, to not know <laughs> one's arse from one's elbow. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. I can totally imagine your mom saying yeah. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. She says ass, not arse, but yeah. Well, yeah. wait. From What does that have to do with, oh, elbow grease? Is that what you're getting at? N- no, no, no. Grease like the country. It's all Greek. Greece. Oh, oh, Greek. oh, yeah. oh. That's, that's why I said that. But yeah, so this we basically... We said yeah, Greece and then Greek. So I thought you meant Greece like... No, I, I messed up. Oil, Greece yeah. kind of... No. Uh, oh. I meant Greece the country. That's my bad, Jerry. Okay, okay. But yeah, so this one is basically <laughs> like when you are very ignorant about something or to be like kind of way out of your skill level. Yes. Okay. So there All you right. go. Mm-hmm. My first one is Japanese and it's Hopetaga Ochiru. And it's uh, my cheeks are falling off. Oh, okay. That one is very visual. I like that one. Mm-hmm. My cheeks are full. Is it like you're, you're laughing super hard? No, but that's great. That's great. Actually, technically, it's cheeks are falling off, but the my is implied to be cheeks. Clear. Okay, cheeks are falling off. Um, and it has nothing to do with smiling either. No, but no. if, if you want, I can give you a clue. There yes, is an please. English untranslatable... Specifically from the south, that is uh, that you might know. That is um, finger licking good. No, slip on gator piss. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> but, but when you, before when you said finger licking good, no. Okay. Oh wait, yeah, I guess that is. It, <laughs> it means the food is delicious. I guess that is finger licking. Yeah, good. finger that's licking just good. Not, yeah. That just threw me off because that's not the entrance I was thinking of. Put your foot in it. That's there the one you, you were go. thinking of. You betcha. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you were right. I just uh, this was not where I, my head was at at the moment. Clearly, you can see I'm still thinking about KFC after those last couple of days. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right. I have another. I have another is Chinese that a KFC, one for you. Uh, thing. Finger that's licking their, good. That's literally their slogan, buddy. Oh, finger I didn't licking know good. I didn't know that was theirs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you watch any of their commercials, the end of it, the colonel's oh. always like, finger licking good. <laughs> I have ad blocker on YouTube, and I never watch TV, so oh, good, I good avoid call. all commercials. <laughs> I don't blame you. You've saved probably... I've probably shaved off at least a year of my life with all these commercials and stuff. <laughs> I need to really get ad blocker. Anyways, my Chinese one for you is Zio Zizai, which means free lacking restrictions. It's just like uh, no responsibilities. I'll give that one to you. I'll give that okay. one to you. It means like carefree. Easy okay. going, carefree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it more like a personality thing? Like, oh, this person's like a... Exactly. Peaceful, okay. relaxed, carefree. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Uh, I used to think I was carefree. I've, I've, I'm coming to realize that I'm actually pretty loud, and um, I get worked up easily. Uh, right. <laughs> but I never get like angry. Let's just be clear. I'm very... Anyway, my next one is Wolof, W-O-L-O-F. And when I... Wrote, Where do they speak that? I was just about to say, when I got this on Translatable, I knew the answer to that. But that was a couple of days ago, and now I don't remember. It's an African language. Okay. Um, spoken in Niger. Okay. And uh, yeah, spoken in Niger, Congo, and I, I think uh, Senegal... So a few, uh, you know, African countries in that area, um, and and the the phrase is "Aduna Jiksna," and it means the world is finished. Is this just a bleak outlook and like every, or is this just like everything's done? We're good. Everything's done. No, no, no. I, it's deeper than that. It's not deeper not than so, that. It's not so cynical. Can you give me a clue? Um, so maybe say, uh, our, um, untranslatable podcast Ferrari got repoed and, uh, repossessed and I was really bummed and I was like, oh, life, um, Chad, how could this happen? Um, now my life will never be right again. And you would say the world is finished, Jared. The world is finished, and I was like, "I need, I need this Ferrari." Is it, it like it, get over it? Everything will be okay. Yes, but I'm not going to give that to you. Okay. I'm not going to give it okay. to you though because it's a little more, I would say, spiritual. Not spiritual, but it's a little more okay. like s- philosophical than that. It's okay. essentially um, material reality is less important than our spiritual lives. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that one. That's a good no, one. No, but you though. were like on the right path with what you're, but I was like, there's no way I can guide you towards that. <laughs> right. You're not, my, you're not my spiritual guide today, Jared. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. Listen, I, I'm, I'm in podcaster mode right now, not in guru, guru mode. That's fair. I don't blame you. <laughs> well, Jared, in, in lieu of our awesome French song that we'll be discussing later, I decided I'd drop a French untranslatable on you today. Because okay. it's just too easy to always do Chinese ones. So sometimes you got to change it up, you know. You yeah, need for some sure. Variety. So I'm going to try my best to do, to pronounce this properly. I'll probably butcher it, but here we go. Tombe <laughs> dans le pont. Wait. Do you know what that means? Say it again, sorry. Tomber. I don't know. I think it's tomber. Dans T-O-M-B-E-R. Uh-huh. Okay. Tomber dans le pont. In the apple? Uh-huh. To fall in apples. Okay. See? Fall in apples. (laughs) 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 I might not have gotten all of it, but I did get in apples. (laughs) Right? Um, I'm impressed with myself. To fall into apples. I am too. That's very good. Yeah, to fall into apples. Um, It means to just like like end up in a situation and you have no idea how you got there. Well, I would say that would be the aftermath of after you fell in the apples. You just got into a sticky situation. Nope. You it's very specific. So, Jared, fall. maybe, maybe you know, someone gets you mad. Someone insults you. Nope. And then, then nope. you like turn on them or something. Nope. Oh, nope. I'm falling into apples now. <laughs> I, I hope you're. I hope you're not because how about uh, them apples? That would <laughs> that, that would make it difficult <laughs> to record this podcast. So let me give you an example, Jared. 
So say, say one of our listeners out here is a recent college grad and they're trying to find a job really hard. And then they get their uh, first statement to pay back their student loans and it freaks them out so much they fall in apples. Is it like to get depressed? Uh, I fell in apples last time I got my blood drawn in the States. Oh, to have a panic attack. Oh, no. uh, what happens? What happens? Okay, so say you have a really. B- there we go. There we oh, go. Oh, yeah. To faint or to go Ta-da. unconscious is okay, to fall okay. in apples in French. You passed mm-hmm. out last time you gave blood? Yep. Mm. In the States. I had to give blood here. It was fine. But in the States, yeah. It was <laughs> funny. The lady drew my blood and she was like, She's like, you feeling all right? And I was like, honestly, nope. And then I lost my vision, <laughs> lost my hearing for a minute, woke up, and I was like in cold sweats. Oh, it was bad. But is that the first okay, time that's, so. that ever happened to you? Yeah. Yep. You, so you never, you never, like, you weren't going into get, giving blood, being like, uh oh, let's see how this goes. You're just like, I'm just gonna, like, I don't like it, but I can do it. Right. Exactly. Um, and then you're like, exactly. oh shit, this feels weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've I've passed out before, but never from a blood draw. Um, okay. So, so yeah. But anyways, well, how, okay. We, we don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, doesn't doesn't really matter. Uh, my last one is uh, Indonesian, and it's tidak enak badan, and it means the body is not delicious. Also, can I just say I love how much confidence you said that untranslatable with. Thank that was you. Great. Straight Thank fire. You. Yeah, it felt like I knew um, what I was uh, knew what I was doing. It did. That, didn't it? It did. Um, <laughs> Let's see here. The body, the body is not delicious, or does not taste delicious. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I I don't even I don't even know where to begin with this one. Um, hmm. Body does not taste delicious. So is it like things? I, I have no idea. Give me so, a clue. Um, you, me, or uh, one year, maybe twenty twelve. It was, or maybe it was twenty thirteen. Probably 2012. We were we were in Austria. Well, yeah, I don't know. One of those 2012. years. 2012. Mm-hmm. You, me, and Chris uh, shared New Year's. I shouldn't have used his full name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been 2013. I might I have to go back and we'll see. Uh, depending <laughs> on how much. Uh, anyway, um, you, the three of us went. Oh, um, uh, we had we spent New Year's together and we were in a taxi and. Um, <laughs> Uh, we were, we, I looked over at Chris and I, and I said, Hey, uh, how you're do how you doing, man? And you know, he's, he was trying to stay cool and he said, uh, the body is not delicious. Oh, everything's going to be fine. Is that what that means? No. I mean, it's, it's the condition. I'm going to be sick. I'm nauseous. Well, well, no, it's a very no. more specific than that. It is. Yes. That's part of it. I'm gonna but that's hurl. only the beginning part of it. No, 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 no. It's when you are feeling, when you're not feeling well, but uh, you do not want to say that you're sick. So, like, you don't want to essentially admit okay. that you're not uh, okay. feeling well. Or, like, okay. say if you if you have some sort of, like, say if you're in China, a great way example would be is, like, you're out with people and you go to dinner somewhere and uh, you realize that um, something didn't agree with you and you're like, the body is not delicious when right. really you don't want to say, I need to find a Western style bathroom ASAP. ASAP. Is yeah. that, oh, has that been an, an uh, have you been, uh, not an issue, but have you noticed like public bathrooms that are uh, not Western style? 
What would you call them? them Eastern style? Most of them are, most of them are squat toilets. Even at like KFC or something like that? I haven't gone. I would assume KFC, probably not. Thankfully, thankfully I haven't really had to use the bathroom too much outside of my apartment. So life. So you just avoid, you just avoid using the bathroom outside of your apartment. Well, well, what about at, what about at the university? (laughs) Uh, actually I haven't used the restroom once there yet either. How does that happen? I, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. I, I, don't, I don't know what to You've tell you. You've been working you. there for almost two weeks, and or like a week and a half, or a week, mm-hmm. I guess, and you've yet to um, use the bathroom at your job. Well, I usually, well, I only teach for two hours. But I guess you're only hours. there for, that's true, that's yeah, true. Yeah, so I go, so I usually I'm eat there my for, lunch here, my job I go for teach. eight to nine hours a day, so right. it would be odd right. if I never, if I, <laughs> Oh, I'm sure if it happens, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you and okay. all our international listeners know. I'm sure that's just <laughs> what they want to hear. <laughs> Speaking of things our listeners want to hear, Jared, let's talk about the transition from school to the real world. Yes, yes. Or to that nine to five life or, or whatever. Yeah, um, man. And I, I want to say, what was the biggest, you know, Jared usually comes with some awesome questions. I, I've tried to emulate Jared a bit today, and I've got some questions for you, buddy. So the first one I want to ask you is, what was your biggest shock when you finished college and you started working full time? Um, how quickly you can use like a, like, you know, coming out of college, you see, or I saw like my first paycheck and I was like, wow, obviously it was more money than I'd ever made before at my mm-hmm. um, internships and job at a golf course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. you're like, I'm about to be balling. So the first thing you realize is uh, how much it actually costs to live. <laughs> Like just like how quick, how like quickly monthly payments can sort of add up from, oh for uh, sure, you know, you know, to first taking stuff out of your paycheck for insurance or four hundred one k, and uh, and then just all the sort of stuff you have to pay for every month. But then another thing is just like something I still struggle with, to be honest with you, is just my lack of understanding of so many things, like um, insurance, for example, like. Right. Like, I never fully really understand it, I guess. Um, like, I know when I have it and roughly what it means to have it, but I don't really fully understand all the plans. Or, like, setting up a 401k, I know how to do it. But I don't, with that, like, every time I've done it at sort of various jobs I've had, I've always uh, had help from my parents when I was doing it. Just because, like, a lot of this jargon I feel like I don't understand. It's just the jargon I struggle Absolutely. with. And they um, don't prepare you usually in high school no. or college for a lot of that stuff, for sure. I'm just curious, though, Jared, if I may ask, did you splurge on anything for your first paycheck or, or you know, first couple of paychecks? Was there anything that you, like, really wanted to buy and you were like, you know mm. what, I'm going to treat myself, treat yourself, and you got something special? Mm, probably. Um... See, that's your key, uh, your keyboard. Now that I bought when in Philadelphia, and that was only like two hundred bucks. Okay. I mean, it's it's it's. I'm not saying it's cheap, but I, I wouldn't call that like a splurge item. If it w- right. if it was a splurge item, I would have got a way nicer keyboard than I did. That's uh, fair. <laughs> um, now, damn, there's got to be something. It's just it's been a while. Oh right. well, um, I did have a. I worked for a, a. I used to work for a car company back in the day, and I did have a company car, which I guess I didn't really need, but it was a pretty good deal, 
and it was sweet. I, I've never had it was like a, a sweet ride. I'd never had like a I don't know like a technology before, so that was that was kind of a splurge. But also it was kind of because I worked for that company and I did a lot of driving, so there was a little bit of practicality of that it. Was but a I definitely Chrysler got two hundred, wasn't it? I definitely, uh, yeah, I definitely got more options than I would have if I was, um, say, like in a situation where I was going to a dealership or something like that. Sure. Okay. Um, so that was probably one of them. Um, I think it was just uh, living more freely. Like, I definitely think back then I did more of like trips to Colorado to visit, uh, like mm-hmm. when my buddy Brad used to live in Colorado. And um, I, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's easy to to sort of get lost in in what seems like a lot of money. Lost in the sauce, you could say. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I actually made a point not to say that, but thank you. Right. Okay. okay fair <laughs> enough. Well, that's no, why kidding. I'm here, Jared. Um, can, what, can I can I uh, add something to that? So mm-hmm, please. Um, I was unemployed all summer, as you and our listeners probably know which was great because i got to spend a lot of time with friends and family but once i got that first uh stipend in for my fellowship i'm not Mm. not even gonna lie to you jared i saw it and i was like oh okay i have some money now first thing i did went to elderlyinstruments.com or (laughs) elderly.com bought an acoustic guitar and then i thought about it you know that i do I, so I bought it, and then, and then I thought about it because it, it was a really cool Martin. I've always wanted a Martin acoustic guitar. They're uh-huh. some of the best of the best. And it was actually a, a special type of one that I was hoping to bring with me to China. But then I thought about it. I was like, mm, I'm not going to bring a Martin all the way over here. I have these Traveler guitars. I'm going to take one because it's much easier, and I'll find a cheap acoustic here. But anyway, so I bought it. I was going to go pick it up. And then I thought, and you know, this was like literally probably three four hours after i'd gotten that first paycheck in and i just like don't know what the hell was wrong with me because i was like oh gonna gonna buy a cool acoustic guitar so ordered it and then and then uh, i was i had it set for in-store pickup and then i thought about it i'm like you know what i don't need this right now so i returned it oh it was tough but i returned it Good that job, was, that's, Chad. That's, that's when a I started very realizing adult decision you exactly, made there. exactly. <laughs> um, but I think I think if I'm good with my finances this year, um, I think I might buy myself a Martin guitar when I come back. Either, See, either way, sometimes I want to treat myself for stuff like that. But there are a couple things that make me not do it. One, I'm kind of a I'm not even a good saver, but I'm a money hoarder. Like I, 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 I'm I'm very frugal person by nature, I'd say. So that's one thing. And two, um, I do tend to I think I feel feel a little guilty if I like splurge for myself. And then right. another thing is I always think, you know, like this could be going towards something that's more fulfilling, like vacation or something like that. Oh, for sure. For sure. So those are the things that usually go through through my head. Right. And I did feel super guilty, which I think is one of the reasons why. Because <laughs> I just pictured myself coming home and my parents being like, why the hell did you buy another guitar? Like, and you, you, you don't really like, well, wanted it. it. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. That's the big transition, though, I think, is, is going from even high school to college, let alone college to adulthood, is realizing what your wants and your needs are. Mm-hmm. You know, because... Um, and where your priorities lie. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, I guess that's be essentially one, what you said. But. Right. Because it'd be one thing if I didn't have any acoustic guitars. But you know, I have a right. couple I can play, and they're nice guitars, and so I don't really need another one. 
Especially um, now. Like, why right. now? Right. Especially exactly. if it's going to be in, at your home for another 10 months just sitting there. Right. Exactly. Um, um, yeah. So we talked about we talked about sort of my first transition from a little mm-hmm. bit, not really. Like, my first transition from uh, at least, like, how I felt. But you had a, I guess you'd call it soft transition to yeah. adulthood. Because you, you, you kind of had, like, a half still being in university. But you were also you know, living on your own, you were getting paid. So you did have mm-hmm. to, you did have half adult, but then you had still like a foot in sort of the college right. lifestyle being at And I was Michigan teaching State. as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I would, I think that's a great way to put it as a soft transition mm-hmm. um, or easing into adulthood in a, in a different <laughs> way. But I will say this, uh, and maybe we should do, I know we did an episode about grad school, but maybe we need to do another one because I think there's some stuff we didn't discuss on that episode okay, that we sure. could talk about in the future. Um, and the, th- the thing about grad school is that, yes, you are still a student and there are a lot of perks to that, right? You don't have a stereotypical nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other things, but there's some benefits you lose out on. You still have some of the perks of like college fun exactly. times. Exactly, exactly. Um, the, the, the funny thing though, too, I would say my first kind of year of adulthood, I would say was last year when I was a Fulbright. Even though I've mm. been working, you know, I've been working different jobs part time since I was about 16 years old. Um, but the Fulbright was the first time where I wasn't a student anymore and I was working and I was teaching 25 lessons a week for 45 minutes a lesson. I don't know what the math is on that, Jared, but it was, it, some of the days were long days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but the thing that was, that I kind of realized with that was that it was the first time where I didn't have homework myself. Now, obviously yes. I was lesson planning and stuff like that, but I think that's kind of a weird transition though too, because yes. I always felt like I should have been doing something. I think grad school makes it even worse in a way because you have four more years or two more years, however long your grad program is mm-hmm. of more homework. And in grad school, it's a lot of reading and a lot of papers, at least if you're in the field of humanities uh, like I was. And so that was kind of weird going from, having all these things to read and papers to write to preparing my lesson plans. And then I could more or less go home and be done. And I made it a habit in the Czech Republic to do all my work at school and not do any work at home if I could avoid it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. But it's a freeing I, feeling, isn't it? I, the free feeling of not having homework is great, except for the fact that I still sort of sometimes consider the possibility of going back to grad school later to get my MBA, which is Master's in Business and Association, for those that don't know. But mm-hmm. the uh, the thought of going back to homework and going back to tests and stuff like that mm-hmm. really, really, really turns me off. And, like, not even turns me off, but, I mean, turns me off. Like, who looks forward to that? But, like, more, I wonder, can I do it still? <laughs> right. Or it's like, can I, can I, do I have the ability to sit down at a desk for hours and uh do homework because i've gotten so used to just coming home and then having our you know the afternoon evening to myself right and and that is a luxury for sure right oh for sure i think with i think it's one of the few luxuries of being in the in the workplace over like college or school or something like that right i think for you you're a disciplined enough person you could definitely do it um it's just a question of are you willing to give up that freedom um and, and, you know, now I'm lucky, though, because my teaching schedule is fairly light. 
um, especially in comparison to last year. Um, excuse me. But the, the great thing about it, though, too, is that it gives me more time to kind of explore and learn more about China, which I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Now, I was lucky that in the Czech Republic, I did a lot of my cultural learning in the classroom with the students because I had much smaller classes. We had a lot more discussion-based stuff. Um, and so that allowed me to do that. Whereas here, I'll have to do a lot more of that independently on my own because we just don't have the class time to discuss a lot of these cultural things that I'd like to learn about. Um, but I think the other big transition too from going from university or college to the workforce or being an adult is, is using your time in a useful manner because it's very yes. easy to watch Netflix and sit at home and do nothing. And there are a lot of days where I think, at least for me, there's a great phrase in German, kind of a late, untranslatable. I think you might know this, what this word means because I think I've explained it to you before. But it's called the uh, innere Schweinehund. Yes. The inner yeah. pig dog. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is? That's just like a couch potato, essentially, isn't it? It's, uh, it's more like you're that th- it's kind of like you have the the good angel and the devil oh, c- conscious right, on your shoulder right right the schweinehund is that that thing saying oh just hit snooze for five more minutes or mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. get that get that extra large bag of chips and sit at home and do nothing instead of going to the gym or going for a walk yes um and so i think as an adult you have to definitely try to prioritize your time a bit more and, and i think it you have to habitually do it yourself um or, or discipline yourself, depending on how you look at it. Because at college or university or high school even, you know, a lot of times if you're involved in any sports or clubs, you have people that will kind of force you to do these things. But mm-hmm. unless you do that as an adult, you lose a lot of that. And so I'm lucky here in China, I have to walk a lot of places to get places. So I, I've been become a huge fan of just walking around quite a bit. And it's amazing how just walking around can really clear your head and can be really good for you. So I wrote down um, in my notes here, right in front of me, some things, and I'm and what you're talking about relates to one of them very well. I wrote down oh, at great. the top of the page, uh, you're responsible for your own success. I think that's a big oh, difference sure. once you're uh, on your own. There's no longer mm-hmm. someone like sort of constantly checking over you to make sure you've completed something or you're doing the right thing or making sure you're not 100%. fearing onto the wrong to the wrong path in life and um, getting into a whole bunch of trouble. But there are uh, some different aspects of that. And these are some of the ones that I've especially have, have had challenges with. Now, one of them I mentioned already was realizing all the things I don't understand. Uh, Insurance, 401k, um, various. Oh, uh, Oh, that's insurance as well. I was going to say car insurance, but it's like car insurance and health insurance. Right. Uh, But anyway, another one is, making friends on your own outside of that's another thing i think about your soft transition is you're still in grad school in a situation where you know friends are essentially put in front of you or like oh, like the sure. potential to make friends is essentially handed to you and you know i don't want to insult your your friend making ability or anything but i would imagine it's very it's just as easy to make friends in grad school as it would be in like um undergrad or or high school even i would say i would give you a, a another good german word i would give you a yine a yes a yeah okay. and a nine because i would say one it really depends on the um 
like the atmosphere. Ah, it's not the atmosphere. It's like the, just like the, the, the way the the culture of the right. graduate program. Because so, I was going to go say, the, you know, the person I refer to the most was my sister who's now in uh, grad school getting her MBA. But mm-hmm. I think the way that the, at least the MBA getting is set up, it's a lot of teamwork involved in it. And it's also right. a lot of like homework and, mm-hmm. and stuff that I think they can collaborate on and stuff like that. So I think it's, that's just the nature of their program specifically. Right. Right. It depends on the culture of the program. I've also heard, though, too, of very competitive programs where grad students don't help each other out because they view um, each other as their competition. Is this because everything's on a curve? I, I'm not really sure. I was okay. lucky enough to not be involved in, I was in two graduate programs at MSU, Michigan State University, and both of them were great. Um, felt really close with my colleagues in my in my cohort, and they were awesome. And uh, yeah, and that's why I, I said yine, a yes and a no, because right. the, the no to make friends would be if you're in a very competitive graduate culture or even undergrad somewhat, I guess, but I think undergrad mm, is not quite like at that. Least for, I didn't really get that, that sense. Well, we went to a very different institution, I think, than a lot of that's people a did. Point. But, that's a good but point. But the other thing is, though, too, is in grad school, I think it's easier to make friends in some ways because you're in an even smaller group of like-minded people and you all have the same classes all the time, more right. or less. Mm-hmm. So that definitely helps. But I think people in undergrad are a bit more outgoing just because yeah. it's all new, it's all exciting. Yeah. It's like going to Paris for the first time and like looking up at the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> right, exactly, Ooh, exactly. shiny. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. And in college, there is also the um, sort of newness of things like uh, alcohol and stuff like that, for most people, at least. Um, So the challenge of making friends is definitely something. And then, like, in for me in the real world, um, uh, like, I'm terrible at making friends just because I I don't like to impose on other people's lives, just my presence. Um, And you kind of have to. And yeah. I, I've I've always said this that like making friends to me has been harder th- I think than dating uh, like post college because um, it's harder to sort of gauge whether people actually like you um, when you're in friend situations there are less sort of obvious signs that someone likes you when you're in a friend situation. And uh, you, it almost feels kind of childish in, in, to be like, does this person like me? Am I bothering this person? But I really feel that way sometimes. But you have to sort of actively do it. For, for example, my girlfriend, she, uh, she likes to read for some reason. Uh, and she, <laughs> <laughs> she uh, recently joined a book club that, at this coffee shop that's around the corner from us. Oh, cool. And, um, Good for her. She was talking about, she's not going home for Thanksgiving. She was talking about like hosting a Friendsgiving. And I was like, that's a great idea. I was like, first of all, you've only been to one of these, uh, one of these things. How are you so sure that you're going to like be, these people are going to be your friend. She's like, this is how it works. We're going to be, I'm going to be going to this book club every week. And I was, and just the confidence to be able to be like, I'm going to make friends that even. Blows She's, my right. Mind. <laughs> She's right. She's but right. She's right. hundred percent confidence. That's just a normal amount. That's just how friendships work. Right. Make, see, I think, I think another, another difficulty about making friends when you're an adult, especially when you have a full-time job, is you just don't have the time to build those relationships like you do yeah. in undergrad and grad school. Um, and so, Well, a lot of people I, I, do do it through their job, though. That is very popular, too. But that but can that be makes dangerous. Me yeah. there is, you gotta, I don't blame There's you. a line there. 
because you don't right. and it's even even this this job that I'm, I'm at now um tends to have more sort of social interaction like more of a casual social interactions than post, most of my previous jobs have had and more sort of like events where there might be drinks and you know they'll give you like two drink tickets it's not like anyone's really getting you know ham bone but even just introduction right. of alcohol <laughs> right. is sort of new to me and um i feel like i i want to to be a little bit more open to having like more casual friendships with colleagues and, and but i'm still very i'm there's still like a le- like a, a a sort of a shield up even like once or twice even at this new job i've casually unwork related gotten drinks with some colleagues after work and it's been I, you know i'm more relaxed than i am at work and i'll maybe talk a little more casually there than i will at work but there is sort of like a block a block up you know like i still don't feel mm-hmm. like i'm just like um fully just letting loose like if i were talking to like you or something like that right yeah that's that's very true i think the other thing though too with work friends is although you do have some common ground depending on where you work, um, sometimes sometimes you need to get away from that too. Um, yeah, because yeah, so yeah, work, work friends often talk about work. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> right. that's what they have in common the most readily. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fr- friends are tough. And, and the other thing is that can be difficult too is maintaining all the friendships that you built in yeah. college, especially mm-hmm. when people move to different states or different countries. It can be very difficult. And I, I have to say, though, I'm very lucky that my friends all that I'm still close with, they all understand if I haven't reached out in a while, it's nothing personal. It's just we're doing our own thing. And yeah. it's not, you know, it's, I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I understand that because I'm the same way. <laughs> right. Uh, especially since I do whenever, need to improve on that. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's a I don't think it's a great way to, to go about life because I, I, I do think there is. It is, there is something to actively keeping in touch with people. Um, I mean, I think just the very action when you don't have to sort of is a nice gesture just to oh, you know, show your friends that you do care. Right. All right. Uh, let's move on to something else that I have written down that is in the category of you're responsible for your own success. Finding. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, let me start with this one. Do you have any mentors? I feel like I've asked you this before. I, I don't and I should, but I don't. I'm 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 the same way, and uh, <clears throat> I think it, it seems like um, it 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 does seem like like a a foolish way to to go about life, it, especially at least personally being in like the corporate world, and um, you know making sort of introductory relationships with a lot of pretty like high up people. But but never really like uh, following up or never really doing anything else other than like nodding or saying morning when I pass them in the office or something like right. that. Right, <laughs> it's not quite a mentor. Yeah, <clears throat> right. But yeah. it, but it does take like usually for at least from what I've heard a lot. <clears throat> if you, if someone wants to find a mentor, it's not up for the men men mentor to find their mentee it's up for the mentee, the mentee needs to, to find make them. that step. absolutely because it is mm-hmm. at the very least going to be some sort of like 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 it is a sacrifice on some level whether it's just time mm-hmm. or or what for the mentor so um right. that's something that i think is an important part of uh progressing professionally i would say absolutely um, find uh find passions and hobbies i think it's important i think it's easy not to really have 
passions or hobbies in college or not even not really be aware of that stuff because you're just surrounded by fun and activities already especially if you like you if you're like us and you're in the greek system like there there's some sort of activity going on every weekend and well forget right. the greek system if you're at a tiny school like like ours there's some sort of activity that someone could uh, go to whether it's a party to some sort of more organized activity just about right. every weekend I'd say the opportunities are even more vast in a, at a large college or university. Yeah, too. of course. Yeah, that um, would make sense. But I, I would agree with you. I mean, for me, I've actually... The funny thing is I think I read more now out of grad school than I did when I was in grad school and I had to read a lot. Interesting. Um, I feel like I read, read yeah. more in college because I had more time in college. Because even though I had homework and stuff, like I didn't have class all day, you know? Right. We spent a lot of time goofing around, you and I. But uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I don't have time I, to I read. Agree, I got to goof around at six. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, that's too funny. Um, yeah, where where was I going with that? We're we'll reading go somewhere more now that. outside of uh, grad school. Oh yeah, with the passions and hobbies. Yeah, I think I think the other thing is too is that a lot of people. Um, I feel view once they graduate from like college or even high school, they're like, okay, did my schoolwork. I'm done learning. It's like, that's not how yeah, life works. That's how I I'm a firm sometimes. believer. Everybody <laughs> should be <laughs> right, right. I'm a firm believer that everybody should be a lifelong learner. You can always improve oh, on things. Sure. You can always learn new things. One thing that I kind of took up a little bit, it was more out of necessity than really a hobby, but I had a couple issues at my apartment in East Lansing with uh, some of the plumbing and the sinks. And yes. so I figured out how to repair a toilet. I figured yes. out how to repair a sink, just some really basic stuff. But you know, it's interesting once I, I'm, I'm not good at that stuff, but that's a very good point you make starting to not rely on, especially now. And this is actually starting to kick in a lot for me now because I've always lived in apartments that had pretty, uh, well set up, um, connections or like systems to report things to the uh whoever owned the place and so if there was ever any sort of problem i mean i'm not paying for it i rent i rent an apartment i'm just gonna tell the person and have them send someone to fix it um right. even you know just just because it's not my you know why would i spend money on something where that i'm paying part of the rent is to not have to do that but exactly i think there's still that level i still have that system i live in a house now i rent it um so there is still that level of um, system because I'm renting it. And, uh, and so like I'm still not really re responsible for repairs. But I think there's, for something about being in a house, there is one step sort of more, more removal from, from the calling the repair person step. I think I'm a little quicker to try to figure it out myself and maybe invest I don't know. I'm just making up a number, but say the investment is going to be less than a hundred dollars. I'm just making up a number. Uh, right. It's never come to this amount of money yet, so I don't really know. But like, um, I think I'm quicker to f try to fix something myself in this house rather than when I lived in like an apartment or something. And I, I, don't, right. I, I don't know. I think it's just the feeling of being in a house sort of like makes it feel like it's a little bit more your responsibility or something. Absolutely. Well, and the other thing is too, if it's. If it's an easy enough thing for you to fix yourself, it'll, I would guess it's probably going to be under 50 bucks. Yeah. I mean, the most, I've, I I've had say. to do a couple repairs, you know, when I first got here. And the most was probably like 
thirteen dollars. <laughs> right, right, and we're we're very fortunate nowadays because you can just. I mean, that's how I figured out most of the stuff that I learned was just via YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, it's free. Yes. It's easy. Yes. Um, and and yeah, but I think that's another thing where it's kind of to me a sign of you also maturing quite a bit when you're able to fix a lot of these things and not not depend on somebody else. I think in the states especially people pride themselves on being self-sufficient to some degree. Mm-hmm. And I think it is definitely something worth being proud of. If you can fix things yourself, figure things out yourself, or even with the help of others, you know, going yeah. on YouTube, you're not, you're not bothering anybody. You're not, you don't have to pay anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the only, only thing you in theory lose is your own time. But I think that's worth investing time. And in if you can figure out how to do some of these things. And a lot of people don't understand stuff like toilets or drains, like plumbing like that. Um, me probably being one of those people, but it's also ve- a very like toilets are a very simple system to make oh, it work. Oh, for sure. And it's like just a, it's almost like you know a Rue, what do you call a Rue Goldberg machine or something? You like one of those things where it's like you like lift this and that like lever that then pulls this thing and pulls water right. out and then when you right. drop it back after this little weight goes it this shuts like, the clamp it's yeah. just all very like very simple stuff so oh, like super simple if, if you do take like the least amount of time to um try to figure something out then it, you probably could do it i've been in a few situations most of them probably plumbing related where there's like some issue you call the person and they're in and out of your house within five minutes you know and it's like, right. that's just oh, embarrassing. Sure. You always feel like a real loser when something like that happens. <laughs> right. Like, yes, I can't do anything. I'm, I, I'm an idiot. Right. Um, speaking of finding your passions and hobbies, though, that's when I started playing piano. I, I, you know, I think it's important. You know, you have that time and you don't want to just, as you mentioned, you don't want to just sit there and let the time go by because you're not used to that free time. Find, you know, active activities to um, sort of, get that, you know, activate your brain. Did you experience a quarter life crisis? Because I think I might have. Um, Will you explain hmm. what a quarter life crisis is first? Isn't it essentially a midlife crisis that happens 25 years earlier? There you go. A quarter <laughs> of, yeah, okay. I, well, I guess for me, the, the quarter sort of like life an identity crisis, crisis just right for, the, for sure for people that are not native english yeah, like speakers. S- right some people when they have a midlife crisis they maybe buy a like, crazy sports car or yeah like kids just kids just left the house and they're you know they're settled in their career and they they need a some sort of identity so they get a well, corvette I, I, I will say this though <laughs> i mean i was i was 25 when i was in grad school and uh-huh. there were plenty of days where i was like Ah, am I doing the right thing here? I think it paid yes. off okay now, but there were definitely some days where I was like, ah, is this really what I want to do? Should I be doing this? But I think another problem with grad school is, and I think this is a problem in a lot of different industries, is that people um, have severe imposter syndrome where you think, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, why am oh, I here? Yeah. And I had, I had <laughs> some of those days in grad school, but I, I don't think any of it was like a, quarter well, like it's not like i quit and then just like started busking on the streets uh <laughs> you know but um, no but yeah 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 i'm gonna move to seattle and 
open a grunge farm band. or something. <laughs> right, right. Um, open up my own coffee shop. I think, and this is why I was kind of hoping you didn't mention the kind of car I drove, because I'm going to mention that I hated my first job. But now okay. I'll just make it clear. I would have just left it at that if you hadn't mentioned that. But now I'll make it more clear. It really had nothing to do with the company. Um, it was really all about just not really knowing what I wanted to do. You know, in college, you just sort of choose a major. And I more, then, you know, I was in finance. And then I, it, it, so, it, you know, I just want to make it clear, I had nothing to do with the job. And if I find myself applying for a job there later, I very much appreciate the company. It's a great company. Uh, no, anyway, um, I, um, you know, I, you, you, a lot of people, especially in the American college system, are sort of just told, Sometime within, you know, these four years, you know, excuse me, within like the first two years of college, you kind of got to have it figured out what it is you want to do because you got to set that major in. And I'm just like, "Mm, finance? I don't don't know. Like, I know I want to do something around cars and in the business field, but I don't know. And so, um, uh, and then so I did, I definitely experienced that quarter life crisis um in that in like the first in in that first job realizing it's not really what i want to do do i just sort of stick it at like is this what working is you just sort of like better hope you have a good personal life because part of working is just hating going to work every day and then i realized you don't have to hate to go to work every day right right. (laughs) because then after that uh, since that first job i haven't hated going to work every day but i did think that just sort of like you know like it was a crisis about what does it mean to work? What does it mean to have a job? And is it possible to have a job that you also enjoy and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Because like I did just sort of show up and leave and not really have that much interest in what I was doing or... Um, that makes it tough. Or just like the field I was in. Right. And um, yeah, it really did make it tough. And I definitely had a quarter-life crisis there. I think it definitely like the sort of lack of uh caring about my field and job i think sort of affect my affected me emotionally uh like personal outside of the job too sure um and i think that that would definitely be considered a correlate i don't think i went around being like guys i can't even uh uh, adulting is so hard (laughs) but it was like yeah i guess i just so this is what what life is going to be for the next 40 years okay this is cool Uh, (laughs) i would say the biggest thing though too when you have that transition regardless of if you like your job or not i think is to give yourself time to get adjusted to everything because it's Mm -hmm. a big change. It's a lifestyle change. You might be moving to a different town or city. You're meeting all these new people. And for me, I have to constantly remind myself with that here because, I mean, moving to China is a big transition, especially when you've never been to China before. And I have to constantly remind myself kind of the same thing is, is, you know, give it time. It will take some time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same when you go from college to working in the real world you know, having a career, starting your career. Now, I'm going to ask you this. I've probably asked you this before, but this is very fitting for this episode. Um, do you ever compare your success or lack thereof uh, against previous classmates via Facebook or whatever, or mm. gossip, since apparently you're a gossip now, I've learned, since hanging out with more of your high school friends? Only only with my high school <laughs> I don't know if you realize this, but most most of the, the gossip, at least, I'm more curious about, I hope they're doing well. Okay. 
So I don't know if I would call that. I guess it's kind of gossip. Anyways, that's unrelated. <laughs> well, but maybe, maybe I, uh, maybe it sounded like gossip to me because most of the people you seem to ask about didn't seem like they were doing that well. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Any, anyways, um, plead the fifth on that one there, Jay. Um, anyways, I, I would say that I don't really compare myself to them just because I'm probably doing very different things than they are. And mm -hmm. I think success is incredibly relative to however you define it. And for me, right. to be honest... I probably could have done something different in life and probably be financially better off than I am right now, but I wouldn't have lived in the Czech Republic for a year. Wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to spend time here in China. Um, probably wouldn't be doing this podcast with you, which has been a great thing as well. Mm -hmm. And so I you think it's, I think it's, it's hard to say that the thing that, the thing that I will occasionally do though is go on Facebook and people who I was close with in the past, I'll, I'll look, I'll look them up even if we've grown apart just to make sure like, okay, seems like they're doing okay. But then again, social media is incredibly flawed because people tend to only show the good. So right, it's really right. hard to tell. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do I that too sometimes too. Right. But I think it's a waste of time more or less to compare your success or lack thereof with your colleagues or your peers from high school or, or college or grad school um oh for sure yeah you know not, it's, yeah i, I just I'd don't think it's that. constructive there's nothing healthy about that right i will say this though i reached out to quite a but few winning, of my friends just to be clear <laughs> that doesn't surprise <laughs> me jared um <laughs> i i reached out to some of this this was really cool though i reached out to some of my uh german grad friends because i couldn't take this german teaching um gig at a college in Michigan because I had already signed my contract and was coming to China. Had mm -hmm. I have not done that, I definitely would have taken the job. But it felt really good to reach out to them, one, just to reconnect and say, I hope you're doing well, but two, to be like, I would be happy to recommend you for this position if you want to do it. And that felt oh, really good. Yeah. And uh, I think one of my colleagues from grad school took the job. I need to reach out to her and find out, but I'm pretty sure she did. Um, and so it's really cool when you can also help your peers succeed. Yes. That's something I, I, I think that's great. I, and I, I think, um, I don't even think as myself as someone that's in a position that could do something like that. But I mean, I've been in the working field for a while and I've most of that stuff that is mostly just saying that like this person does not suck to be around essentially. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I can tolerate them for more than a couple hours per day. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, that's all I got. That was great. Um, I think, I think um, it's important to sort of uh, assess where, where every now and again, like, get a little introspective with oneself and assess where they are. And if like life is going, how, how you would like it to. And if it's not, you, there, you, there are changes that can be made. That's Absolutely. my self-help tip of the day. Absolutely. And I think adding on to that, Jared, not only can you change things, but don't be afraid to reach out to those friends, colleagues, previous mentors you had in, yeah. in college or grad school. And, um, I struggle yeah, with seek, that when I got help. laid off. I, I do too. But but you did reach out to people, right? And didn't it help you or did it not? Uh yeah, no, it helped. But it was a it was like I you know, I had to have like friends and 
parents remind me like hey did you reach out to blah 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 like you know five times i'm like no right. not yet i'll do it right <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah but it, it is important that's for sure <clears throat> um yeah but yeah we hope everybody though out there has a smooth transition whether it's from college to the real world or from one job to another mm-hmm. um we wish you the best of luck and if you need any other tips or tricks let us know on translatable podcast at gmail.com Next up, though, Jared, I think it's time to talk about our song today that is very uh, très bien, as they say yeah, in French. Oui, oui. Uh, <laughs> called, uh, it's by, I believe you pronounce it, is it Oxmo? How do you pronounce it? You're the I guess so. fr- francophone here, not I me. don't think that's French. <laughs> Probably like, I don't not, think that's, that's a French stage word. name. No. Right. And the song is uh, Trois de Chanté, which means, yeah. uh, it means right to sing, I believe. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I found that interesting because doi is also like gauche is left and doi is like left and right. It's interesting oh, okay. that that it's the same that they use the same word for uh, like your right as in like your freedom to do something. Um, do, do they? <clears throat> this that's the song's called the right to sing. Well, I, right to sing, right. So I. Oh, you I mean wonder, turn right to sing? I don't know. Is it a plan? Oh, I words? took it I as like your right to sing. I don't right speak enough sing. French. I'm not sure. Either. Um, regardless though, we'll never know. It's a great song. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, it is a great song. I love this song. I mean, he, he it's like a, he's a, a hip hop rapper. Uh, and it's, it's a very chill, like, it's not chill. It's not like a chill rap song, but he, it's just very smooth. And I'd he's say sort it's of, a bit laid back maybe. Yes. No? Yes. And, um, the beat is great. And mm-hmm. not only is the beat great, but he kind of almost in a, Ravi Katapa sort of way fucks with you with the beat because what do you, what uh, do you mean? in like the um, similar to Ravi's song where you know it sort of kept you kept feeling like I don't remember what the name of the song was called uh, it was a while ago but um, you kept feeling like you were about to hit uh, like a um, sort of like you know, well in his song you sort of kept feeling like you were about to hit a uh, sort of like some sort of crescendo in it and it was going to mm-hmm. keep raising but then it would die off and you would sort of not get that satisfaction that you were looking for in the song usually that you'd find in more traditional sort of music writing uh, and that was sort of like the point of it it sort of built that suspense this song doesn't do that but in the last te- like 15 seconds of the song like the beat drops and it gets really good, but as it drops, you start getting into it, then the song's over. <laughs> right. It's, like, it's oh, such really? a tease. It's right. such a tease, because it gets so right. good at the end. That be- the beat, oh, I love that part at the end. And it's just like, oh, no, it's over. And it's like, oh, I wanted more of that. <laughs> right, right. But I, I love I wonder, it. I, I really I wonder, I love though, it. I wonder, though, if that continues on the next track of the album. Oh, interesting. I that's wonder. A good, I don't that's know. A good, you might, it might know. not. Uh, but that is a good, a good. Uh, That's a guess. trick that some artists use, right? But yes. yeah, what and I'm a big fan of, of albums that do that, like the continuous oh, sort of albums. Me too. The first album I think that I ever listened to where it did that was "Dark Side of the Moon" by Pink Floyd, mm, and that, that is definitely sense. one where it's Mine, weird. If I listen to it on shuffle, I can't do it. Like it yes. has to be. Oh, I yeah, understand that feeling. Finish. Yeah, most albums I listen to and uh, like in order now, even ones that aren't continuous. My first one was actually probably uh, mixtape either by Big Sean or Wiz Khalifa, one of those two. There you go. There you go. And it was, because uh, mixtapes, like rap mixtapes, are usually continuous like that too. Right. That's true. 
even even swimming by mac miller that's another one where i love to listen to it start to finish um, is that a lot of his album most of well he's done a lot of mixtapes because he's had a lot of right. ones that are like right. continuous like that too but my last comment on this song though jared is what really made me gravitate towards it was this guy's voice i mean he has such a nice yes sounding voice and with Deep the french voice. it sounds so awesome mm-hmm. yeah it's like you said it's smooth mm-hmm. um it's great i wish i understood it sounds very more of the lyrics because rapping sounds very effortless absolutely absolutely it's a yeah. great song and and there's some a great like, choice, guitar Chad. in there Thank you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I wanted something in French. I don't know why, but I had the French untranslatable. Yeah, the French song. <laughs> I. I. Th- well, I can tell you why. It's because my students here at the university they're required to learn two foreign languages, and mm. the two main ones are Japanese or French. Interesting. So I think that's why. Yeah. I mean, I guess Japanese all, makes sense. It's a very right. close, large market. Uh, right. or relatively close, but like French is an odd one because it seems like Spanish, if you were to choose, would be more useful than French. Or well, German for business. No, that's I'd true. say, though, German if you're doing business. But it's a good point. These are, these, these are English majors, so maybe it's for literature. Mm. Or, well, well, I, I mean, there's a lot of good literature th- in a lot of languages. That's true. But they say, at least my, my buddy, his, his mom was fluent in a couple languages, and she would tell me German is the language of business, even though that's not 100% true because there's a lot of great poetry I'd say in German. It's more Chinese. Uh, right nowadays but she would say she would say german is what she would always say was german is a language of business french is a language of literature oh and what did she say for spanish spanish Music. was her native tongue maybe probably could be um but okay. yeah um but yeah and so i think that's why i had my my was looking for something in french a lot of the students it's funny though they complain about how difficult french is um which i agree but it is definitely pretty language so check that out yes um Droit de Chanter by, uh, I believe it's Oxmo, I think is how you pronounce it. That's my American pronunciation. <laughs> Oxmo, maybe. I well, have no yeah. idea. Go to, our, uh, go to our YouTube Song of the Pod playlist and just click on it there and then copy and That's paste right. it. And f- That's right. Untranslatable podcast that. on YouTube, everybody. So, yes. Jared, you it is time for me to uh, give you a new Chinese word of the pod, and it is Chong Ren, which means adult. I figure that would be an appropriate one for today. Mm. Yeah, yeah. My Spanish word is crisis de la mediana edad say that one more time crisis de la mediana edad what does that mean or a crisis crisis oh. de la mediana edad how oh, would you say crisis mid- midlife in crisis yes there you go i don't hmm. how's it spelled like crisis it's spelled crisis yeah i don't know yeah, That's a good question. No, uh, the, no the main reason I, I said crisis was just so it be wouldn't be as obvious. I don't actually right. know if that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure either. It was. I'm not sure. That's a great question. Yeah, well, Jared, I wanted to do quarter life crisis, but I think that's just like a slang term. I think I don't right. know if that's a actual right. phrase. So I, I have a couple of corny dad jokes for you because a big transition for a lot of people after college could be becoming a parent as well. Yes. Plus, I couldn't find any good adulting jokes. So here are a couple dad jokes for you. Why did the man at the calendar factory lose his job? Mm, I don't know. Why is that? Because he took a couple days off. Oh, were Nothing. you looking for some response from me? I, I, I gave I you something. I gave you a, a rim shot. <laughs> I was. So, Jared, how that do you make a, holy... Oh, go ahead. How do you make holy water? Uh, I don't know. You boil the hell out of it. <laughs> that's kind of good. Uh, 
All right, my last my last cheesy dad joke for you, Jared, is it's not it's this is more of a one liner. Two guys walk into a bar, the third one ducks. Mm. See, the one I used to always know, and actually the first person I think I might have heard this joke from was Mick, as we've talked about a few times. Mm-hmm. One of my first friends at uh at untranslatable school at international at my international <laughs> school. We should and, start a school, uh, Jared. <laughs> I know. That sounds, like, that sounds awesome, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> he used to always say, uh, uh, a guy walks into a bar and says, ouch. Oh, yep. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Jared, I'm going to uh, steal your quote today because I loved it, and it's fantastic. I hope I get it right. Uh, we'll see how good my memory and my listening skills are. But I think uh, when you transition from college or high school to the real world, success is your own responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. I said you're responsible for your own success, but I think I'll give it to you. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll take it. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think it's really important. And I think the other thing is, too, is that's really the time when you do realize, like, I'm really responsible right now. If I want to eat birthday cake... Mm-hmm. For breakfast, I can. I probably shouldn't, but I can. If I want to stay up till 2 in the morning watching Netflix, I can. I probably shouldn't, but I can, right? If, if I, I want to be good with my finances, go ahead. Yeah, I, actually, I was just about to say that. If I want to splurge by a guitar, I can. I can, <laughs> but I'm trying not to, Jared. I'm trying not to, that's for sure. You need to join a group, Guitar Addicts Anonymous, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'm well, chatting anyways, I have a problem. That's right. That's right. But yeah, so remember, people. Success is your own responsibility. So keep that in mind when you're making that transition. We hope we can help you out. If you have any questions related to your transition, let us know at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can check out our Instagram for all sorts of clips and other fun photos, untranslatablepodcast. Check out our YouTube channel for our pop, 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 popping songs of the pod. Also untranslatablepodcast. Nice and easy to remember. And lastly, if you want to see some of Jared's uh, wit and humor or just find some episodes, you can check us out on Twitter, Untranslatable One, the number one. And the last thing I would like to ask for all of you is five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Spread a little love. Let us know what we can do to make this podcast even better for you. We would really appreciate any feedback. We want to thank you all for your support throughout our podcasting journey. It really means a lot to us. And as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast... Que cuídame, muchas gracias, y sure, sure.